The day of Wesak or Wisaka this year falls on the 15th May 2022 and we know it well that it is the day that the Sama Sambuddha, the fully awakened Buddha, who is our Sasada, the founder of the dispensation, was born, was enlightened and gained Parinibbana, complete cessation on this day. When the Buddha was born, he said the Asabi Waja, the great speech, that he was the greatest in the world, the most superior in the world. And he took seven steps, meaning that he would spread the Dhamma to the seven kingdoms in the Indian subcontinent. The Buddha had built his Bharami, spiritual perfections, for four Asankayas, an incalculable number of aeons and a hundred thousand kalpas aeons. And before this, the Buddha had built his Bharami for sixteen Asankayas and one hundred thousand kalpas. This is not easy and an extremely long amount of time. And in the beginning, he was born as the princess of the king of Varanasi. Her brother also had the aspiration to become a Sama Sambuddha. Her brother had already received from a past Buddha a prediction that he would become a Buddha in the future. And at that time, our Buddha was a royal princess who produced oil to offer to the Sama Sambuddha to fill his arms bowl, and she made the aspiration to become a future Sama Sambuddha. The past Buddha said that your brother will be a Buddha in a future era, and then you will receive your own prediction of Buddhahood. So our Buddha had built Barami from that time onwards, and then he received his own prediction of Buddhahood and continued to build Barami, going through birth and death, birth and death, sacrificing for the purpose of attaining enlightenment to become a Sama Sambuddha, to be self-awakened, having no Ajahn, no teacher. So in each life and existence it was difficult and troublesome, and when the Buddha received the prediction, his Barami was already full. And when he was born into this last life, he exclaimed the Asabi Wacha, that he was the most developed in this world, that he was the most superior, he was the most excellent, the foremost. And can we see that we sometimes have suffering and difficulties, like one mother and father who have to look after many children and sometimes can't handle looking after them, so if we had lots of mothers and fathers, or suppose we had lots of children, say a hundred of them, would we be able to handle looking after them? Could we sacrifice for all of them? So this is a comparison. So the Buddha saw that all living beings were ones who had great suffering, and he had to help them. This was in the mind of the Bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be. And the Buddha was born in his last life as Prince Siddhartha and cultivated his Bharami of insight. Even at seven years old, he could enter Samadhi, meditative concentration, and enter the first jhana, mental absorption. This was the first jhana of a Bodhisattva, one who has full Bharami, 
so it was not an ordinary level. Those within the vicinity must have had peace, coolness and happiness, because when he was Suwana-sama in a past life, he had developed the barami of metta, goodwill. His mind had metta, and this would spread out, and there would have been a lot of peace and coolness inside that aura, which could have spread for kilometers. Like when I had gone to pay respects to a revered monk in Chiang Mai, Longpo Kamsan, at Praswantok Monastery. When he gave a blessing, we were about two meters away, and that area was all cool. This was his great strength of mind. Or staying in Wat Nongpapong, when going to pay respects to Venerable Ajahn Chah, on entering the area of his kuti, his hut, it would instantly feel cool. I thought in one way, it was because his kuti's floor was polished marble, but it wasn't just one meter away. When one entered his kuti, the area felt cool already. Those who came to pay respects to him would feel this coolness and peace, and any problems in their life it would reduce from the wisdom of Ajahn Chah. And this was just a sawaka, a noble disciple of the Samma Sambuddha. So we see what then about the Buddha. The Bodhisattva had completely full barami, so in his last life, the people around would have had peace, coolness and happiness. So though he had a wife, Princess Bimba or Yashodara, and had a son, Rahula, but his mind maintained samadhi at a high level. He saw that it was suffering, that his mind still had attachment and clinging, and he had to find a way out of this suffering. And then the Bodhisattva saw an old person, a sick person, a dead person, and the sight of a samana, a renunciant. His insight and panya, wisdom, arose sharply. He saw clearly, because he had already seen it a lot and contemplated it a lot already. It was the view of a bodhisattva as well, so not a normal view. And then the bodhisattva left in search of a teacher and succeeded in a high level of samadhi. But he saw that his mind still had not yet been liberated. He practiced dukkha kiriya, self-torture, for six years. He had done it all, but still did not succeed. He saw that if we do things too tightly, it won't work, or if it's too loose, it won't be correct. This is a simile given by a Brahma god that played a lute in order to give a Dhamma meaning. But actually, the Bodhisattva had built his Bharami full already, and so he could know this for himself, that to torture oneself would not succeed, to be too loose also wouldn't work. So he thought back to when he was seven years old, when he had sat meditation and become peaceful, and that this may be the correct method. So he sat in meditation and bhavana, cultivated the mind, underneath the Bodhi tree, on this fifteenth full moon day. The Buddha had knowledge and insight arise, and if we people are born and have lots of samadhi, we can gain insight. The Buddha knew what he was born as in his past lives, and that he had great suffering, being born and dying, born and dying. 
he had the five khandas, aggregates of body and mind. These khandas, and then again these khandas, over and over again, uncountable times. With clinging and attaching, there would have to be parting and separation. This is an incredibly long time, this cycle of sangsara, continual birth and death. We can't find the beginning of the cycle of sangsara, nor the end of sangsara too. The ones who still have avijja, tanha, upadana, ignorance, craving and clinging. This is the cause and condition for becoming an existence. When there is clinging, upadana, then one will have jati, birth. One will be born, on and on. So we can think that if we have to be born again still for a hundred million times, what will we get? We can think that when we are born already, we have the desire to have and the desire to be, and not wanting to be separated. We strive and are fully invested in this life. We learn, do work and seek a living, and in the end we must die. Oh, is this seeking of ours worth it? But we also can't not seek out a living. But those who are careless may not do anything at all. They don't train and instruct themselves at all. But those with wisdom will train and instruct their minds following the Buddha. The Buddha knew about the past, about the future, and about the present very well. That all living beings go according to their causes and conditions, following their karma. That one is born of one's karma, related to one's karma, and abides supported by one's karma. Whatever karma each individual does, whether good or for ill, they will get the result of that karma. The Buddha knew this clearly. But he still had not become awakened. There was still his self in the past, his self in the future, and there was his self in the present as well. Here the Buddha contemplated deeply into what we call the dependent co-arising of phenomena. Which phenomena arises dependent on another? All things, whether phenomena of the meritorious type, phenomena of the demeritorious type, it's all about karma. They are all causes and conditions. Dependent on the other, the phenomena arises. When the cause ceases, the phenomena ceases. The Buddha saw the dependent co-arising of phenomena like this. He contemplated it forward and backward, called Anuloma and Patiloma. Then he succeeded in becoming a Sama Sambuddha at the break of dawn. The Buddha then enjoyed the bliss of liberation. And the Buddha then thought who of living beings would be able to understand following this. It was hard to find. Uddaka Ramaputta and Alara Kalama had entered jhana already and had given up their bodily form and became Brahma gods already. The Buddha saw only the Panchawagya, the five ascetics who he went to go teach, and they all attained to arahantship, enlightenment. And for the period of 45 years after the Buddha's enlightenment, the Buddha taught the Dhamma to human beings, Dewas, Brahmas, and all living beings. The Buddha taught them all. 
so that they could gain the Dhamma, that which makes the mind delighted, and be established in dana, generosity, sila, morality, and bhavana, until gaining maga, pala, nibbana, the paths and fruits of nibbana. And so this was a great many. And even when the Buddha was going to gain parinibbana, he had metta and compassion. He walked, and then he taught Chunda, the son of a goldsmith, along with his wife, and they all became sodapanas, stream-enterers. He also taught the ascetic Subhadda, and he attained to becoming an arahant, the final one. The Buddha had given the fullest benefit. Why? Because the Buddha had already sacrificed his life countless times over. And so in this life, the Buddha must teach those who had built merit and barami. He would teach them all. But the Buddha said that he could only take those like the horns on a cow. The hairs on a cow are many, like the people in this world. There are more deluded people than the people who know, or those with barami and that will learn the Dhamma are few. And it's not easy. The gilesas, the mental defilements, grab us and eat us up. Whether a monastic or lay person, the avijja, tanha, upadana, the delusion, if it gets stronger, then our qualities of mindfulness and wisdom are not able to go against it. So we need to train and practice following the teachings of the Sama Sambuddha that he taught to walk the path of sila, samadhi, panya. So we walk the path of sila, samadhi, panya. Like today, you undertake to keep sila, the five precepts. Some people have undertaken the eight precepts. And so we restrain our actions and speech to be well established. We give up any bad actions. We cultivate merit and purify the mind. We listen to Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha. We put effort into making our mindfulness firmly established. We have samadhi, we have sati, recollection. And our samadhi is firmly established. We have sampajanya, clear comprehension and awareness. We look after and maintain our minds. And we contemplate into the body. We have mindfulness in the body. And at the end, the Buddha taught to be well established in heedfulness. He cautioned all the monks, because may you perfect yourselves in not being heedless, negligent. This was the last day when the Buddha was about to gain Parinibbana, because we can get deluded and can forget. Like when we get something, we get wealth, and then we forget and lose ourselves that we have to age, we have to get sick and die. We get status and we may forget again, we get overjoyed. Whether it's wealth or status, they are things that can lead to becoming thrilled. But one who has barami will think again that this is something normal. One who has merit, spiritual development and barami, when it comes to the time, they will receive it, or the wealth, status, praise and pleasure. But don't forget that the Buddha wanted us to contemplate further that the separation of loved ones and loved things will come to me. Old age, sickness and death will come to us. He was warning us so that we are not careless, 
not heedless. We contemplate this every day, many times a day. May you contemplate like this, so that you are not careless in this life. Do it a lot, develop it a lot. May you contemplate on the important day of the Buddha Sasana, on this full moon day of Visakha, which this year falls on the 15th May 2022. May you give your Patipada Puja homage through one's practice by offering flowers, giving dana, keeping sila, and practicing meditation. This Patipada Puja has the highest benefits for oneself. So may you all grow and prosper in the Dhamma. May you grow in blessings. <laughs>